Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 30th, 2012. For newcomers, help yourself to my website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll see a bunch of other sites listed there. These are the official ones. They all carry audios for free download and uh, they all carry transcripts in English for print-up. Uh, of the talks I've given, and you can also go into alanwattsentinel.eu for transcripts and other languages. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't plug anything. I don't give you uh, incredible mysteries and all you need is love or anything else or sell you things to make you live forever. I just tell you the hard facts of life because, after all, anything that happens in life you have to do yourself. There's nothing for free. There's nothing else out there going to come in and help you. That's the message of even all the ancient religions. You're to help yourself to a better life here. Most folk are unwilling, and so they leave it to something else to do it for them. And that's why it just gets worse and worse. doesn't happen. So all I do is sell the books and discs at cuttingthroughthemedias.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, if you want to buy them, you can uh, you can still send a personal check, or you can use an international postal money order from the post office. You can send cash from the U.S. to Canada, and you can also use PayPal. Cross the world, Western Union monogram, and PayPal, and straight donations are awfully welcome. And if it's very, very true, most folk are really are not rational. You know, and I'm not the first guy to say it by any means. In fact, the guys who understand that you're not rational have written lots and lots of books over the years about how they'd use that irrationality against yourselves and, make, and turn it upon you, in fact. And, and they would guide you through rationality into what you think is a new freedom. A new freedom that was designed to make you utterly dependent on the brand new system they're bringing in called the Great Transition. Many other names they have for it too. And you're living through the big transitions of chaos and you all think it's quite normal because everyone else is doing the same as yourself, mainly because you all watch the same TV shows that, that you watch too. It's quite fascinating that 50, 60, even 100 years ago, the big boys talked about this, the early behaviorists, the guys that were working with Bernays and others, long before even Bernays came along and Freud, they knew how to manipulate whole populations because they'd been at it for thousands of years. These are old techniques and old sciences. Today it's far better because they've got instant, instant pulse of the populace. They know what you're chatting about, tweeting about, thinking about, and all your emails and, and on your phone conversations. And so it's far easier for them to tweak us here and tweak us there to get us into the right meme at the right time. And so they're all trending along the same path of destruction. And it's quite fascinating, the Pied Piper idea. That's what it's all about, the Pied Piper idea. And you don't want to be left behind. You've got to be the same as everyone else. That's an unfortunate thing about it. You understand that individuality, the concept of individuality, only came out in about the 1700s. Before that, everybody was either a somebody, that was nobility and royalty, and then you had a middle class of merchants and merchant bankers, uh, a few free men, uh, and then the rest were serfs or peasants. So everyone was lumped in as a mass of their own little clique. 
and sometimes a big clique like the peasants. And and then again, too, ever since the Enlightenment, they went right back to trying to force you all back into the mass man. That's all that Marx talked about, the masses, the masses, the masses. And then there were people like himself who were awfully special above the masses. And, and individuality has been crammed out again, and we're all into a new world socialist system to manage all of us called interdependence. Interdependence, meaning to live, you as a person, an individual, you have to be completely uh, dependent on the whole system and structure to survive. There's no independence whatsoever. In fact, the United Nations has declared individuality as an outlaw, the greatest danger to survival of, you know, the rest of them for the greater good. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're cutting through the matrix, talking about this incredible system we're living in. It really is incredible when you realize that people plan every part of it. All the big things that happen are planned years in advance often. Uh, the biggest part of it is conditioning you with ideas that you've never had before, so that when things happen, you think it's all quite natural. And especially it's the way that's presented to you that seems to be natural, like uh, great catastrophes and things like that. If you look at even all the disaster movies we've had in the day after tomorrow and things like that, and big waves sweeping through New York, most folk don't consciously remember, but it's in their subconscious. And then the big boys play up a big storm, trying to create a massive storm to get us all under the new spell of Homeland Security. So we're guided through our lives by them from now on until eternity, just like domestic terrorism for eternity as well. And it didn't work out the way that they wanted, but they still hype it up. Because every 10 years or so, the U.S. always in the eastern seaboard gets whacked by big waves and a good storm. And the east side of New York always gets flooded because it's lower, and the drains are always plugged. It's inadequate to start with, and the subways get full of water too. But listen to the media ever since they created the Weather Channel. If you get half, a, half a, an inch of rain or a few millimeters, they say, in Canada, uh, then you think it's going to be a massive storm. Everything that they say is a massive storm. And you you watch a trickle of rain generally, and that's all over and done with. What I'm saying is, you've been taught to be afraid, very, very afraid, as the old horror stories went. And uh, and folk are. They panic all the time, these things coming in. So we're conditioned years in advance by, mainly through fiction, and... um, it imprints in your mind, because in, in, in horror-type fiction, you can't look away even in a rotten one, because you might lose your life. That's how it works. Part of your brain, the very primitive part, will look at the most terrible horror movie, and you won't look away because you get involved in it regardless, and something that happens might save your life or lose it. So you, you keep watching it, and that sticks in your head. And then you're ready for the big boys to come out telling you that, oh, you're causing global warming. This is all to do with global warming. We're going to change our whole way of living. So all you that caused it have to suffer and pay lots of cash to the big boys that invented it. You see? It's quite simple. Live through chronology, and chronology runs the world. But people are, what I'm saying is people really are not truly, um, they're, they're, they're not thinking through with logic. 
at all. And big writers have, have gone through the whole scenario of what, what does motivate us, of course. And sex is a very simple one. Uh, that's why so much is sex out there, sex, sex, sex. It wouldn't matter if the world truly was falling apart. They give you lots and lots of sex. It always works. Because, again, it's a primal uh, indicator, a primal drive. Now, as we go through the big changes, and by Kai Moon, by the way, was on getting his, his peace award again. They give it to each other every so often, you know, when they're bored, I guess, peace prizes to themselves. And he was on about the great transition coming in, how equality was going to happen across the world, mainly through women and, and children. He didn't mention, they never mentioned men at all. They kind of out the picture. But, um, he was prattling on about uh, the great transition, the great changes as they bring in their worldwide socialist system of experts to run every facet of your life, basically. To bring in equality, you understand. And you want to know, too, why you're seeing so much about pedophilia right now. You understand these pedophiles have to get their equal rights. That's a big move. Big move. And you will find when you get more and more stories about pedophilia, and we'll, we'll all say, tut, tut, that's, that's so sad and so bad, isn't it? And that'll be the end of it, because the big boys want to have debates about this so they can get their full rights. After all, it's their preference, grabbing children. Isn't it? And they'll also tell you that this amalgamation of countries is the plundered countries. I'm talking about the bankers and so on. They, they own the United Nations. They own NATO. They, they own the whole structure system in which we live and, and everything that we, we need to live on now, by the way, too. That they're telling us that it's, it's, it's great, this multicultural thing and everything is great. Uh, and yada, yada, yada. It's every country that, that takes masses of immigration goes down the tubes uh, with welfare, the welfare state. Now, here's an example, one of many examples, you can pick them up every day, until, again, we don't want to read them, we're so used to them, really. This is a Nigerian people smuggler who used witchcraft rituals to force children to work as sex slaves, was jailed for 20 years yesterday. Ozezua Ozolazi, 42, tricked poverty-stricken Nigerian orphans into travelling to the UK with the promise of a better life. Now, how did he get orphans into the UK to start with, you see? Says, but the young victims were raped, sexually abused, and subjected to voodoo-style rituals by a child trafficking ring. So he brings them in because there's already an established child trafficking ring in this great civilization. As we go up and, and, and higher on the civilization plank, uh, but there's more and more pedophilia going on. Just like Savile, of course, was well involved. That will get dropped too, by the way, because if they go past Savile and above him, they'd have to probably arrest three quarters of the House of Lords and, and all the royalty up there and all their hundreds of relatives too. It says, also lastly, the linchpin of a multi-million pound global sex trafficking ring used juju magic to control his victims. It says, he told the teenage girls they would die or never bear children if they tried to escape or revealed what had happened to them. And Judge Adele Williams told Osalasi, you're arrogant and manipulative, you're devoid of conscience, devoid of any compassion to your victims. And he says, you're dealing in exploitation and misery and degradation. You've been convicted on clear and compelling evidence of trafficking, trafficking girls in and out of the UK. Once they arrived in the UK, the reality was explained to them that they were going to have to work as prostitutes. They were petrified that they spoke out, they'd be harmed and killed. And it says, during the trial, it emerged that Osalasi raped one of the young girls himself, knowing that he had HIV. Judge Williams described this as a seriously aggravating feature to his crimes. At Canterbury Crown Court on Friday, 
Osilasi was convicted of five counts of trafficking for sexual exploitation, one of rape and one of sexual activity with a child. And, and the charges relate to three girls, 14 years old, 16 and 17. One was raped and all three en- endured the juju rituals, including one conducted by Osilasi himself. You see, you understand, the, 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 the European Union and this globalization is bringing civilization to us all. I mean, you understand that, you know. It says, one feared that she was being taken to another country to be used as a human sacrifice. Osilasi slashed the chest of his youngest victim with a razor and rubbed black powder into her bleeding wounds. On the surface, Osilasi was a recycling worker living in a terraced house in Gravesend in Kent in England, but his home was a secret staging post for vulnerable teenage orphans as they were smuggled from Africa via Britain to several European countries. Detectives discovered evidence that at least 28 victims were smuggled in and out of Britain over a 14-month period, earning him up to £1.5 million. So, it seems for the big boys that um, crime pays, it would seem, you know. But you understand, there's no shock, as I say, about any of this in this day and age. Same with Savile, too. Folk have watched so much pornography on regular television that, that, that they're so jaded that it's, it's a yawn. Because children aren't safe anymore. In fact, none of us are. Nobody's safe anymore in this system. And it's all done, done by design to destroy all cultures, you understand. So that there'd be no cultures. You'd have no cultures to fight this new world order idea, this globalization idea, this master-servant relationship idea of what they call equality. And then when you read trash like this too, and this is the stuff that folk with television is lapping up, because I say you just mentioned sex and they've got to tune in, you know. I says, what's what TV's new sex in the city reveals about the lives of young women today is both, both shocking and heartbreaking. It's shocking. Who gets shocked today, for goodness sake? Then it goes through this story and the whole bit about the one who writes it and how there's so much pornography that they have to pick up boyfriends that have watched nothing but pornography and do all these things that they've seen in pornography, etc., etc. How sad it is to be liberated, isn't it? I mean, is there, are they never happy? I mean, you know, what is it? What, what's wrong in today's society? Hmm? But I'll put this, this trash up tonight to show you uh, what the media throws at you uh, as it keeps you utterly occupied so that you don't read the PDFs coming from the United Nations with all the big international corporations that are making deals with governments and deals with the United Nations to rule all of our lives. That's why they give you this stuff here. You understand, society as we know it is over and finished. It's finished, folks. It's so broken and finished, it can't get back together. It couldn't happen. And that's just a fact. But I'll put this, this trash up tonight for you to, to, to look at for anyone who's interested. And this is from UN Secretary General Ban Ki-moon. It says that the human family, did you know you're part of a human family? You know, it's like the family of nations. We're all families, apparently. It's at a critical juncture, and the world is moving through a great transition. That's what they call it. I've mentioned this for a long time, the great transition, and put PDFs. I don't think anybody's bothered to read them. But it says, Secretary General Baikan Moon said in an address on receiving the Seoul Peace Prize on Monday. That's what they do on boring days at the United Nations. They give each other prizes. In his remarks entitled The Pursuit of Peace at a Time of Global Transition, this is when we're blowing countries up across the whole planet, the Secretary General pointed out that this transition is an economic one as the digital revolution advances and as new powers and groups emerge. 
Today's engines of growth are largely in the developing world. Korea itself hosted the G20 summit two years ago, the first to be held outside North America and Europe. The implications of this momentous shift from west to east and from north to the global south are only beginning to unfold. The great transition is also developmental as we see a more sustainable path. The social perils of rising inequality and joblessness are clear, and our ecological footprint is overstepping the Earth's boundaries. We're using resources as if we had two planets, not one. There can be no plan B because there is no plan B, planet B, uses. So that was obviously written by his marketer. It's not a little, it's a little. There can be no plan B because there is no planet B. Oh, very clever, eh? Clever. Not bad getting all that cash to, to put that in there. But you understand they're bringing in this big world society where they have many changes to make yet, right down to cloning servants after we're all finished, and technically we are. (laughs) Back with more after this. I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix, and it's just astonishing the things that are done at high levels that affect all of us. That's how everything works, actually, isn't it? And uh, we simply have it filtered down to us until it sort of soaks into us through osmosis without thinking much about it. But uh, the, the big boys, of course, who play gods, but actually believe they're gods, uh, and they really do, you know. It's a very old religion, but uh, they actually believe that they're gods. And they've got the right to, to remodify the whole planet to perfect all that was left imperfect, apparently. And um, that includes every, all, all species of wildlife and trees and forests and, and us as well. Interestingly enough, I had another article last week, and I didn't read it, but it was about Monsanto. They've got forests of trees, GM trees have got up in different places in the, in the States and elsewhere. Because they know they're going to kill everything else off with their spraying, you see. And they're involved in that too, the big chemical companies. There you spring. But anyway, this, this article here goes into modified mosquitoes. I mean, are we asked about it? In fact, do you even hear about it? Of course you don't hear about it. And if you do, it's lost amongst all the incredible amounts of data, useless data they throw at you every day. But remember, Canada, for one uh, country, for instance, we led the field in modifying mosquitoes for warfare purposes since World War II. And Canada also supplied the big um, bases in the U.S. with these modified mosquitoes. They're big ones, big suckers, and uh, they can get loaded up with a loading dose, an infecting dose of bacterium or viruses. You need a certain amount to really take off in the body, so the bigger the mosquito, the better. And then you find Canada's got lots of these organizations and companies making all kinds of mysterious bugs. But, uh, of course, it's always for the good, isn't it? Everything's for the greater good. Whatever they the sell to you, any idea they sell to you is for the greater good and how it's going to benefit the world. But this is about genetically modified mosquitoes, it says here. A public consultation is now being held online. Have you ever heard about this one? On a draft guidance framework to provide quality standards for assessing the safety and efficacy of genetically modified mosquitoes for malaria and dengue control. 
So far, trials of GM mosquitoes have been conducted in enclosed spaces such as large cages or under controlled field conditions. Once published, the guidance document is intended to help those planning and conducting all phases of testing. And they've already tested different stuff over in Africa and different places under the Gates Project. That's all part of it, too. It says the main method currently under discussion seeks to suppress the number of wild mosquitoes by changing the males genetically. Isn't that racist and sexist? eh? So that their offspring do not survive to adulthood after release in the field. Another method which is still under development is to genetically change mosquitoes so that they no longer uh, transmit malaria parasites and dengue pathogens. In the second case, the, the idea would be for the GM mosquitoes to replace the wild populations is Dr. Yeya Turi, the team leader of the Vectors Environmental and Society Unit at TDR. It's important to have mechanisms in place to ensure that GM mosquitoes are safe for human health and the environment. After you've read all the rest of the lecture that Ban Kai Moon made about, uh, you know, population, there's too many of, uh, you know, you lot and all that kind of stuff, you begin to wonder if they want to bring us down this method as well. That we're not getting killed fast enough. And that's what they said at the Big Lucky Gene Club, remember? Rockefeller says we have to go into a more, from a, from a negative form of birth control, abortion and so on, and step up into rapid depopulation. Rapid depopulation. So the, the spraying above our heads isn't killing us all fast enough either. Or the birds or everything else is killing off. So they want to step it up and they're changing all the bugs around you as well. So it says here, the, the, the guidance framework uh, development process has, been, has led to two organizations. One is the TDR, the Special Program for Research and Training in Tropical Diseases, based at the World Health Organization and co-sponsored by UNICEF, UNDP, and the United Nations one, the World Bank, and the WHO. Now, these are all organizations set up by the Royal Institute for International Affairs that came up with the idea of the United Nations as a front group so that the big corporations would get all their, you know, fascist control of the whole planet. But it's a great front group. It always talks left-wing all the time. And that satisfies most folk. It says, uh, and the foundation for the National Institutes of Health in the United States. You understand, we didn't vote for any of these organizations. And we never will get a chance to vote for them either. It says, its drafting and review were undertaken through a collaboration with more than 400 experts worldwide who either contributed to working groups or served as external reviewers. It's gone through a series of reviews by health experts in developing and developed countries, as well as experts from other fields, including molecular biology, ecology, regulatory requirements, and ethical, social, social and cultural issues. Now, the ethical part, like bioethics, is eugenics, folks, for those who haven't caught up on it yet. So this was really behind it. This is, this is the first public consultation. Did you get anything through your mail or any, on this to see what you thought about it? Because I went and dumped this stuff on you, you know, wherever you happen to live. TDR has been working for several years to develop a pool of scientists well-trained in assessment and management of biosafety for human health and environment in relation to the potential use of genetically modified mosquitoes for the control of vector-borne diseases. Courses in biosafety have been held in regional training centers in Africa, Asia, and Latin America for 148 participants from 51 countries over the last three years. And that's all they give you on that, because they want to tell you too much. However... I have the PDF here from the World Health Organization, which tells me right off the bat. It says, do not cite or quote. That's what it says. Do you believe the gall in that? Do not cite or quote. Testing of genetically modified mosquitoes. So I'm putting it up anyway. 
And I might not cite it or quote it, but I can guess at what it might say. Hey, back with more after this. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back. We're cutting through the matrix, talking about altering mosquitoes and then tossing them over people's heads in different areas across the whole planet, including obviously America as well and Canada. And this uh, PDF I'll put up tonight is this not to be quoted, remember, or cited. I'll put that up as well for those who want to know what's going on. But they've got all these bioethicists involved, and obviously good specialists in marketing and so on, to call on local communities to go along with things. That's what they call good business practices. And uh, you've you got to know what's really happening, and this is a nasty, nasty one in, indeed. And really, we were, we were the last ones to be told the exact, absolute truth of what it's really for. I guarantee you that. Guarantee you that. At this level of reality, whatever you're dished out to you is a con. There's always a real reason, uh, uh, you know, there's always a good reason, and then there's a real reason for it. That's how things are done. But I'll put this one up tonight, too, for those who care uh, two hoots about it. And uh, <laughs> it's quite something, though. All three branches agree it says Big Brother is the new normal. And it says, despite Hurricane Sandy, they kind of fizzled out. Uh, and they're really upset about it at the top. They put a lot of money in spraying and harping onto that thing to build it up. So much so you could taste the stuff in your mouth, even up here in Canada. The, the metal particles that came in, eyes were burning, noses were dripping, uh, even before the, the winds hit you. And uh, this is all from the spray that they, they helped spray on it. But anyway, it says the Supreme Court on Monday entertained oral arguments on whether it should halt a legal challenge to a once-secret warrantless surveillance program targeting American communications, a program that Congress eventually legalized in 2008. The hearing marked the first time the Supreme Court has reviewed any case touching on the eavesdropping program that was secretly employed by the President George W. Bush administration, the week of September 11th. Uh, and it's just largely codified into laws years later. Just three weeks ago, the Supreme Court closed a six-year-old chapter in the Electronic Frontier Foundation's bid to hold the nation's telecoms liable for allegedly providing the national security agents with backdoors to eavesdrop without warrants on Americans' electronic communications in violation of federal law. The justices, without comment, declined to review a lower court's December decision dismissing the EFF's lawsuit. The centre of the dispute was legislation to retroactively immunising the telcos from being sued for cooperating with the government in Bush's warrantless spy programme. Fast forward to Monday and the court took the historic step of hearing a post-September 11 spying case. Judging by the High Court's deference to Congress in general and how it killed the EFF spy case weeks ago, we likely already know the outcome of this highly complex issue before the justices. Warrantless spying is expected to continue unabated for years and possibly forever. I, I would put definitely forever because that, that's always been the intention of it. You can't have a totalitarian society, world government, without it. It says University of Baltimore legal scholar Garrett Epps in a Sunday blog post in the Atlantic asked in a headline whether the, the Big Brother is the new normal. His own affirmative answer is spot on. 
So it says, whatever the court decides, Big Brother will still be watching. Big Brother may be watching you right now, and you may never know. He says, since 9-11, our national life has changed forever. Surveillance is the new normal. Let's start with the summarizing the legal issue before the Supreme Court. This is the same law that immunized the telcos as before the justices. This time, however, another section of the FISA Amendments Act. And this is a PDF you can download to your two. I'll put it up tonight. All these links up at cuttingthroughdominage.com. Is that issue the act subjected to a challenge by the American Civil Liberties Union and others authorizes the government to electronically eavesdrop on Americans' phone calls and emails without a probable cause warrant, so long as one of the parties to the communication is believed to be outside the United States. Communications may be intercepted to acquire foreign intelligence information. And a high court judge recently also issued one ruling that said that um, when the big boys in general security are just snooping around and sniffing, as the judge called it. It's a very technical term, sniffing. And judges are weird folk too, mind you. They, they like their noses and they're sniffing. But he, he did say that um, if they happened to sniff on something that was passing through the Ethernet at, the same, at that time, then that was quite legal. So, they, so of course they're monitoring you at home. Anyway, this goes on and on about visa requirements and all the rest of it, FISA, and, and so on and so on. So what you've got really is um, this is the new normal. Perpetual warfare, terrorism, perpetual eavesdropping for everyone is the new normal. Most of you don't have to worry, mind you, because if you're watching TV and behaving and following and actually doing and emulating what you see in TV, you're quite normal. And that means you're safe, you see. Now, this Article 2 is to do with Greece. Now, Greece, poor Greece, this has been hammered as an example by the big central bankers uh, who now have all the power over a, a whole uh, continent, basically. And and they've got every, every other country into massive debt building out one after another. More debt than ever, ever before in order to bail out countries. And, it, and it's not stopped yet. But anyway, an, an editor in Greece who dared to name the tax evaders, the big ones in Greece who, who helped bring all this on, mind you, and probably involved in politics too, and uh, some of their own bankers, he, he, he actually named the names of the tax evaders who had accounts over in Switzerland. And now he's he came in during his radio program, grabbed them, and slammed them in prison. This is Kostas Vaxef Vanis, who says, editor of Hot Docs, was given a radio interview in Athens when officers stormed into the steward saying he had to go to be arrested, it says. Today, as he appeared in court, Greek daily Tania reprinted the list across ten of its pages in possible acts of defiance. Vaxivanis faces up to two years in prison for what police say was the illegal publication of personal details without proof of any law breaking. He says it's not him being put on trial, but freedom of the press. The list given to Greece by France in 2010 contains the names of 2,059 Greek account holders at HSBC, Switzerland, to be probed for possible tax evasion. And um, we'll see what happens there. It says, a time of an unprecedented austerity in Greece, as exposure of allegations involving £1.6 billion have taken on huge significance. And um, it says, if anyone is accountable before the law, then it's those ministers, that's the politicians who hid the list, lost it and said it didn't exist. I only did my job, I'm a journalist and I did my job. 
The public prosecutor's office has shown a special interest in its dealings with me. I don't know why this is the case. Mr. Vaxivanis was arrested on Sunday and faces two years in prison if he's convicted. He's due to appear in the Athens court again on Thursday. Well, you see, in this real world, that's a no-no. You just don't publish the truth. For goodness sake, because uh, we're so, you know, fair and all that today, they're going to speak in Islam or forever. It says he was backed yesterday by the Greek daily newspaper, Tania, which also published the list spread over 11 news pages. The 2050 named, named Greeks, who have a combined £1.6 billion in Swiss accounts, includes dozens of prominent business figures and two former ministers as politicians. The list was handed to the Greek government by the French authorities more than two years ago, but they lost it, you see. It's been nicknamed the Lagarde list after Christine Lagarde, the head of the International Monetary Fund, who pays no taxes at all, mind you, who was the French finance minister when it was handed over. Greek authorities insist there's no evidence those included have broken the law. As is poesy, a union for Greek journalists denounced the arrest of Mr. Zazavanas, saying the prosecutor's actions threatened free speech in a country where the press is self-regulated. So, that goes on and on and on, but I mean, nothing will come out of it because you're not living in what you think is freedom and even this farce of democracy, not that that would ever work either, but you've never had it and it doesn't exist unless you belong to one of the authorized NGO groups, non-governmental organizations that are, that are authorized by the United Nations to be somebodies, you see. Otherwise, you're a nobody. If, if you just belong to the general quiet masses, you're a nobody. And so that's no use at all. You belong to a special group to have any voice at all in democracy. And also an update on that too. Uh, I'll put this update about this particular journalist up tonight as well. And um, we'll see what uh, transpires there. But there's just no way at all that it's going to, they're going to let go of this one. You can't, you can't sell, say the truth. Even if it's the same pigs that are bankrupting your country and the whole of Europe through working with the, the, the European Central Bank. You understand, the world is run by big mafias. That's all it is. Big gangs of mafia. All really belong to the same world mafia, but it's one big mafia system. That's the reality. There's even a ma- God that in Montreal and Canada, they've had this maf- mafia thing going on for months now about the extortion rackets to do with kickbacks from government contracts in Montreal. That every 10 or 15 years this comes out because it's always been normal. It's the same across the states and Britain and everywhere else. You get the government contract awarded to you, it's always twice as much as what it should really cost, and you've got to kick back so much to the ones who sent you the contract from the government. This is a real world we live in. It really is a real world. Or you can do that or go back to watching Disneyland. And fascism is almost good for a, for a, for a laugh, you know. And here you have it in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania law would make workers pay taxes to their bosses. I remember when it was coming out not, but I think they've actually passed it now. I remember reading it at the time. Republican Governor Tom Corbett is deciding whether or not to sign legislation that would require some workers to pay taxes to their bosses. He says, yep, you read that right. The bill which would allow companies that hire at least 250 new workers in the state to keep 95% of the workers' withheld income tax is an effort to... Uh, recruits 
Oracle to the state, it says. Oh, Oracle must be the, the, the name of the program. Your taxes would get withheld by your boss like normal, but they would, then they would keep them and uh, spend it on private jets or monogrammed bathroom fixtures or whatever instead of turning them over to the state, turning your, your tax dollars over to the state being the whole reason they were ostensibly withheld in the first place. Not that they're supposed to. In some sense, making workers pay taxes directly to their boss is just cutting out the middleman. Lavish corporate welfare in the form of taxpayer subsidies to business is the normal. States fall over each other in a rush to make themselves look like the most appealing, meaning low taxes and wages alongside weak labour and environmental protection, and then sweeten the deal with specially tailored giveaways to lure specific companies. Uh, and it says C. Corbett's $1.6 billion tax credit to Shell Oil. A spokesman for the Senate Majority Leader, Dominic uh, Pileggi, from Delaware, told the Enquirer, uh, which ran this well, very well-covered or undercovered story on the front page yesterday, that the measure is another tool for the state to attract quality jobs. State Senator Jim Ferlow uh, from Allegheny, however, complained that it amounted to waylaying those employees' wages, almost akin to Jesse James robbing a bank, and we're going to put it back in the pockets of one company, in one locale, in one county, in one job site. The law passed with support from both parties, through, uh, though with much stronger Republican backing. Perhaps the most shocking hypocrisy is the representative Darrell Metcalf, a right-wing libertarian who campaigned for getting state government off her backs and out of her pockets, voted for the corporate welfare bill. It says targeted tax incentives are a poor substitute for across-the-board tax reductions that apply to all businesses, says Commonwealth Foundation's Jay Ostrich, especially a more consistent conservative position. When government has picked winners and losers with tax credit programs, history has shown poor results for accountability and transparency, including failing to actually verify that actual jobs were created. The bill passed the legislature last week without the public ever paying that much attention. At this point, voters can contact Governor Corbett's office and it gives you the number, or maybe Oracle has something to say about whether they think it's appropriate for their workers to pay them for jobs. And uh, so there you go. I mean, fascism is doing awfully well. You know, it was better in the old days when you were a, a peasant serf. You know, you had less problems because you didn't have masses amount of government bureaucracies and agencies uh, come into your door telling you what to do and where you put your septic tank or whatever it happened to be. And, and you knew where you stood with your boss, who was a big landlord. He was literally the landlord. He was a lord of the land uh, and under a feudal system. And you got to keep about 40% of your, what you, you grew on, on the farm, which you didn't own, the boss owned it. And that kept to feed you, your families, and in work helpers and animals and all the rest of it. And the boss took 60%. It's pretty well the same today with taxes. They take most of that off you too. They call it democracy now, you see. But at least, at least you didn't have all the, the massive governmental agencies on your back as well. You didn't have that. And you got lots of good holidays too. There are a lot of religious holidays in those days where you get good meals and a good booze up at night. And, and folk had fun. You know, you don't get much fun these days. If you do, it's, it's a, it's a weaponized fun from television or the internet. Now, it says your retired people should be forced to work for charity or lose their pension. This peer says, there are lots of peers in Britain because they're always in the pub. But his pensioners groups have hit out at Lord Bitchard after he came up with a scheme to stop old people becoming a burden on the state. You know, the same old people that paid the, this fart's wages for the last hundred years, you know. 
and everybody else's big fat wages and everything else, all the big corporations they've got there, and they paid all that too. Retired people should be forced to do unpaid community work and have their pensions docked if they refuse a senior Peter claims. Lord Bitchard, a former head of the Benefits Agency, says younger pensioners could be asked to help care for the very old and frame. Now, you see, these old pensioners paid probably 90% of their income and every wage check was dropped off them too in taxes to create a better system so that when they got old and other folk got older and even got sick they'd be well taken care of not euthanised I've got stories of euthanasia too now nurses can come into your home now and euthanise you in Britain as well uh, without anybody's permission by the way uh, so so you've been conned, conned and conned and now all the money that you paid in your whole life didn't go to where you thought it was going it went for the big boys corporate structures and their big international corporate groups across the planet. And then a lot of it went goes to the United Nations to sterilize a lot of people in the third world countries. What a co- the whole world's a con, you understand. I hope you understand that. The whole world is one incredible psychological con, very well created by people who who have been brought up, taught that art uh, taught the art of conology. They're experts in conology and how you think, you see. But anyway, Lord Bitcher says he claimed that the move would stop the old, most of whom paid national insurance for decades to earn their pensions, becoming a burden on the state. Bitcher raised the issue at the House of Lords Committee hearing into the impact of ageing population. Like, they've never had ageing populations until now. It's the first time it's ever happened. He said, we are now prepared to say to people who are not looking for work, if you don't look for work, you don't get benefits. So if you're old and you're not contributing in some way or another, maybe there's some penalty attached to that. Well, maybe they should take this guy out into a farm field somewhere and get him to pick up some spuds here and get him working for a, a let him know what work means. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not kidding about this. I'm not kidding about this. That's what you're going to have to do, folks. These folk cannot relate to you at all. You're just the masses down there. Peasants, simpletons. That's how this, this character Bitchard sees you. He also said, are we using all the incentives at our disposal to encourage older people not just to be a negative burden on the state, but to actually be a positive part of society? As, as they bail out other countries' debts, he's telling the folk in Britain this. I think that you just put him in a pole and make him a scarecrow. Then he'd work for a living back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back and we'll go to the phone. It says Jeff from Connecticut hanging on there. Are you still there, Jeff? Yes, I am, Alan. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yep. All right. Well, I just heard you saying earlier how the whole world is a con. And uh, I've also heard you say that everything's hidden in plain view. And being here in Connecticut, we had this storm called Sandy. They're calling it Superstorm, Frankenstorm, all these crazy names they can come up with it to hype it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed that I saw an article the other day that in 1997, Noah ran a drill for a hurricane for the East Coast called Sandy, and it made landfall in the New Jersey, New York area. And it just se- seems kind of funny to me that it took that same kind of right turn that Katrina took. You know, like it, mm-hmm. it had that same kind of hook to it, and it almost seems like that there might have been harp involved here or like yeah. – it, it just seems odd right before an election that a hurricane of this kind of 
material would come into land like this. And, and they're saying they're shutting down voting in all the states around here now. Yeah, yeah. And plus two, uh, there were so many aircraft involved right up to the end before it hit landfall. I saw the spraying here big time. Yes, they were building up to it for weeks. And then even last night over Ohio, there were still jets going out there and spraying into it as well, trying to build up even higher. If you have a, a shortwave radio, you can pick up the frequencies of harp. And for the last five days solid, it's been just, just, you hear the harp sound. It's, 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 you can't mistake it. It's the loudest sound on the shortwave, in fact, as they really try to, to pummel this one and superheat it in, inside as well. And, uh, and they can certainly guide them. That's old stuff that they've come out with they can actually do. I mean, they've signed all these agreements in the 70s or up to the present for weather warfare at the United Nations. So they've been, they can, they've been able to do this since at least the 70s. Yeah. It's amazing. I talked to people about it. You know, I talked to them about HARP and the weather manipulation and all, all the things that have been declassified yeah. since the 60s. And everybody just laughs at it. And they yeah. think it's hilarious. Like, there's no way, you know, there's no way they can do that. And they control wars like this. They can control the food. They control the markets of food with exactly. weather. And the people that own, you know, fund these programs also own the, the places that tell you about the weather and hype it up. And- well, you know, Rothschild took over the Weather Channel, Rothschild, and he's big into world food today and his own um, um, GM food as well across India and different places. Now they've got the world's food supply up in the futures market, and these guys who are in on the big world spraying agenda that we've got going on are also the same guys who, are in, who own the, the agribusiness of the world, and they're putting massive bets on crops failing here because of flood and, and other ones that will fail because of drought because they literally can control the weather globally so minutely now. And they're actually doing it. They've been doing it for quite some years now. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're quite right. It's amazing. It's sick. It's sick to watch it happen. I mean, uh, I'm a chef personally, and, you know, I watch my food prices go up every single day. Yeah. And yeah. that affects my business. And I just see how easy it is to manipulate what food comes up and what food costs. Absolutely. And it, it affects the economy big time. I mean, when people can't afford to go to the grocery store, they're definitely not going to be able to afford to come out to eat anymore. That's correct. Another thing is, too, I see the big boys who are speculating on the food markets and derivatives now, it's up in derivatives as well. They're causing floods. They know where it's going to be. They know where, where droughts are going to be because they're a part of the big world establishment. And they know who's, where it's going to be spraying, what kind of spray they're going to be using. And they're making a fortune right now. Plus, they push the bio um, industry to do with um, the biofuels industry. One third of crops now is going into their biofuels, which further lessens the world's food supply. Great business for those who own all the rest of it, though. Great business is to jack their prices right up. You're absolutely spot on. Spot on with it. There's nothing decent in the system. It's corrupt, and the crooks are all at the top, with very official-sounding titles. But thanks for calling. From Hamish Michelle from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God. All your gods go with you.